This episode of Dear Asian Americans is brought to you by Toyota. As a proud partner of those who dare to dream, Toyota isn't settling with having them as words on a page. The stories of these Asian American dreamers need to be seen, heard, and supported. We hope these stories will inspire you to chase your own Asian American dream. Sure, we're here in Santa Monica. Just want to say thank you for making time. Uh, you now call Hong Kong home, and you happen to be visiting back home here in Southern California. So we're really excited to spend a little bit of time with you. We're literally just here on the beach in Santa Monica. This is beautiful, um, man. Beautiful day for it. There's people doing exercise and yoga behind us. Maybe we'll join them after the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to learn about your journey, what it means for you to one first define your version of the Asian American dream and how you've decided to pursue it. And even though you're well on your way to achieving that, I think obviously you're still very early and uh, mm. one of the pioneers of trying to redefine what it means to be not only somebody who is pursuing their own dream, but also your entire business model revolves around aligning your success with the success of those who you're helping also achieve the dream. So thanks again for making time for us here on Dear Asian Americans. We're sitting in a minivan. We're sitting here on the beach in California in December. What a what a great opportunity for us to have this conversation. Um, tell us a little bit about you. How did you get started in what you're doing, which is career coaching and content creation around careers at scale and mass, um, global phenomenon, I would say. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are. Dude, thank you, man. I, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. It's a beautiful day. I was telling you my girlfriend's a yoga teacher. She would, she would be so jealous. That I'm, that I'm get to do this. Uh, how I got started, I would even say back in college, I just loved everything about careers. I, I think naturally I was pretty good at interviewing and good at resumes. So I was kind of known as like the resume guy mm. when, I was in, when I was at UC Irvine. My friends, other people who knew about me, they're like, hey, dude, I want to get into Google. I want to get into Goldman Sachs. Can you help me do a mock interview? Can you help me do a, a resume thing? And even then, that was, this was 10 plus years back. Even then I was thinking, you know, it would be really cool if I could make this a business. Mm. But there was another group doing something very, very similar, and they did it pro bono, which is great. And I think at the time I was also doing it pro bono because it was students. But that's when I had like a, a thought like, dude, I would love to charge for this. I would love to make this a business, but do I feel right about charging it? Do mm. it like some people are doing it for free. Who am I to charge for this? If we're getting, if we're getting the same results, you know, they're, getting, they're helping people, I'm helping people. So that's when the first kind of like seed came in. I'd say 2012, 2013, that seed just never left. That's when I got my, that, that's when I had my thought. I'm mm -hmm. like, this is what I want to do. Tell me more about sort of that process though, because I think we also face a lot of different challenges and, mm -hmm. and mostly it's, it's between the two years, right? It's a lot of mental challenges of why do we go to school? What can we do that is going to perhaps make our parents proud or do what is expected of us? And as you just mentioned, is this a business, right? Uh -huh. You know, or, and I think there's two things. One, it's the fear or the unknown test of will people pay for this? Uh -huh. And then two, can I charge? And how much do I charge that is value, right? Because, yes. and, and I think in the career space, there are a lot of free resources, whether they be at schools or online, but you've 
made it a business and, mm. and you do, you know, coaching. Also, you do a lot of free content or free resources mm. through the content that you create. But at what point did you decide to pursue it full time? Because you just mentioned after college, you went down the traditional path a little bit, but you still had this fire that was always burning inside you. I did. I did. That, that's a great question. My parents wanted me to have a stable, high paying job as most parents and most, especially most Asian parents want for their kids. So when I graduated, I fell into the track of consulting. Mm. And but it's it's funny that you know if I tell my parents what I do now, and I told them even what I do about consulting, they still don't know. They don't know what these Same. they don't know what these terms are. Right. I like I create content. Like okay, what's content? What's YouTube? What's IG? So. Um, and that's the same way describing consulting. I'm like, oh, I travel and I help businesses. They're like, they pay you for that? You're 22. <laughs> so it, I feel like there's always these challenges explaining to your yeah. parents about what you do. But yeah, that, that's the route I went into. And not, I want to say it was all my parents pushed me there. Obviously, they wanted me to be you know, successful and, and have stability. But I think there was a little prestige factor too. Sure. It's like being a management consultant. Uh, one of my best friends, he went to Harvard. And he got an offer at Deloitte Consulting. As a, as a junior for his internship. Mm. That was the first time I ever heard of what this consulting thing is. Right. And because he did it, I was like, yo, if you can do it, maybe I can do it. Right. And then I got into the path. But that still little seed that was there about WorkCap, about helping people with their careers, I just like to do it. I think the business side, it came later. Um, so I quit my job full-time in 2019. And at that time, I left consulting. I was working in HR. And then it was in 2019 where I was like, okay, I'm going to try this for six months. I had about $10,000 in my savings. And I was like, yo, I can probably live off of $2,000. I was going bare minimum. Um, and that's when the snowball happened. You know, after three months, I was like, okay, I have a little bit more runway for another, another yeah. two months and another three months. And then three years later, we're here. I mean, I think you and I have a lot of parallels, right? We both did consulting. <laughs> yeah. uh, grateful for the experience. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. Probably would never do it again. But it gave us both the good lessons and some of the lessons that we don't uh, want to repeat in our own businesses. And ultimately, we you know charted off on our own. And the timing is also interesting because you and I both started down this path independently in 2019. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, COVID happened, the pandemic happened. It shifted a lot of attention, both in real life and digitally, of course, to the internet. Mm. And so how did you take advantage of that? And uh, you also moved to Asia. That experience is obviously something that I think not a lot of Asian Americans pursue going, you know, back to Asia to pursue a business. Yeah. But tell us about sort of how you took this opportunity and how you managed to navigate the growth of your business at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Man, it seems like so far back, the pandemic. It is, it is. <laughs> but yeah. it, was, it really wasn't. It was just a couple of years when we had the masks and all the mandates and everything. Before we go, that my, I moved to Hong Kong in 2017. Oh, that's right. okay. Yeah, so I, I was in I was in Hong Kong for a couple of years already working in HR, and Hong Kong was just another big city. I lived in New York for a couple of years, and I was like, hey, I want to do something across across the world. Mm. And then I only speak English, which is unfortunate. But Hong Kong is very global. There's a lot of there's a huge expat community, so that was a natural choice. Um, but when I when I started WorkCap, it was late 2019, so there was no not even a thing about COVID yeah. just yet. COVID started early 2020 and I didn't really think of it impacting the business. It was yeah. just like, Oh, this is a thing. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, there was a thought of like, did I make the right decision? Cause if I was still working, I still would have had a job and I would still have yeah. the stable income. Um, but I think how it really helped me is it kind of forced me to create content. It forced me to do webinars. It forced me to do, learn the digital stuff. Right. 
it, it, I didn't see the the benefits at the very beginning. How me and you met was, was through LinkedIn. It's because yeah. we were creating content on LinkedIn. It was only until maybe a year and a half, two years into my business in 2021 when I said, hey, you know what? Everyone's doing TikToks. Everyone's doing videos. Let me take a stab at that. So that's when I went all in on short form content on the video side. That's been huge for us. So um, it's COVID kind of kind of pushed that, but it was a, a couple more years until I went all in on the on the short form stuff. I want to shout out Sarah Yu, who is a career coach at UCI. Who yeah, she's was wonderful. so encouraging and uh, for both of us in our own independent journeys, and encouraged us to hang out with each other and to meet. And so, uh, and then she's been such a big supporter of, of my work in this show since day one. Yeah. Um. You you mentioned you know all these words like you mentioned when it comes to career, right? Prestige important stability very important and there's this thing that i think a lot of us go through where we have to balance what our parents want for us mm. because that is still very important to us and it's not a uniquely asian thing but we do mm. care about it mm -hmm. but also wanting to and perhaps even needing sometimes to redefine what that dream means for us and so talk to us about that sort of mental or emotional process of as you mentioned, we, we joked earlier, my parents had no idea what I did. <laughs> and even many content creators, it's a brand new world to them. But how was that transition of wanting to honor their sacrifice and to respect what they've built for us, but also saying, hey, this is now my life. There's new opportunities in worlds that maybe they don't understand quite a bit mm -hmm. and to be totally okay and even relish the fact that you're charting your own dream path. Mm. Prestige, man, that's like, uh, that question, that 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 word right there. I feel like we all, we're we're all like intrinsic. We all want that. We all want that to to a certain extent. And I, I, I really felt that at the beginning of my career. I still feel that too right now. You know, mm. there's a little part of it. Oh, I want to be known for something. I want to know that. I want other people to know that I'm successful. Um, I think my parents. I'm so lucky and blessed. With my parents. They never forced me into anything. They did want me to be again stable and have a good paying job. But they let me kind of figure it out, which I'm, I'm very thankful for. Um, so when I told them I left consulting to go into HR, mm. I took a pay cut. I moved across the world, and it was a completely new field for me. I didn't start over from scratch, but it was, it was definitely, in terms of the prestige and the career level, it's probably a step down from consulting, right. where a lot of people try to break into it with HR and recruitment. Not that many people know about it or want to get into it. So when I told them that in the first place, they were a little confused. They're like, why, why? You worked so hard to get here. Why, why are you doing that? With that said, confused, but still we're like, hey, this is, you, this is what you want to do. Go do it. They didn't see it at the beginning. They didn't see what I wanted to eventually create with WorkApp, but they were always supportive. And, and, and that was huge for me. I, I think now that I have my own business and now that I have a team and we're doing well and things are moving along, they they might still not know what I do, but they like when I tell them, oh, I got a thing with LinkedIn. Oh, hey, I'm shooting a podcast with Jerry this morning. I told them, I called him last night and told them, oh, yeah, I can't come home for lunch just yet because I got to film this <laughs> and then I go home later. Um, so they like hearing these little things. Uh, my dad asked me, oh, hey, did you get a, a swag bag from LinkedIn? Did you get a free <laughs> shirt for me? So they like these elements. I think that's kind of the new, I guess, prestige. They might not know what it is, yeah. but they're proud and, and they're happy. So that that prestige word, man, like for everybody who's who's listening right now, I think it's okay to feel driven by prestige. That's just natural humans. We're, we're, we're competitive. 
but I don't think that could be the driving force for your career. Like, don't just go into a career just for prestige because that feeling is going to run out eventually. And for me, I was in consulting for three years. That feeling probably ran out the first year. (laughs) I was like traveling a lot and I was working on cool brands. But I was like, dude, I don't really like this. I'm just getting paid a lot. Um, So find a career that you will actually feel fulfilled in. That's going to propel you through the long run. That's, That's my take. When did you know or feel that down this new career path for you starting WorkCap and helping other people with their careers, that one, that you made the right decision Mm. and that two, that it was the right decision from a business and financial perspective? Because I think those are two different things, right? Like in our hearts, we know helping people is good. Yeah. But then we can't keep doing it without the sustainability of having it make it into a business model. Mm -hmm. So when when were the moments when you knew that the path to chase this dream was the right one. Yeah. Well, man, even how I got started in the first place. So I quit late 2019. I went to a Tony Robbins conference in the summer of 2019. And that just kind of slapped me in the face and said, you got to do this right now. So I think even when I started, I knew I was doing the right thing. Mm. I always felt it. That little seed I told you about in 2012. Yeah. There was a couple of stabs I took in between 2012 and 2019 of trying something. So I, it was always there. I had to, I had to give it myself a chance to to prove that it can work so i always knew i guess from the very beginning i know this is what i want to do i know this is kind of what i was meant to do Mm. i guess from a business standpoint i didn't really feel secure and comfortable man probably this year you know it's we're, we're filming this in december 2022 probably this year i started to see okay some traction with some brand partnerships and big organizations Mm. um outside of the career coaching side and yeah. when I first started, it was purely, I did one-to-one coaching. I did some group coaching. But now as we've gotten a bigger brand, now I've been able to scale that out to, right. to uh, a lot more people and a lot more, a lot more brands. Um, but it's probably, probably this year, man. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think there's still a little bit of the uh, maybe Asian frugality here. It's like, yeah, we're doing well, but hey, we, we still got to save. Right. We still got to save for a rainy day. I'm hiring for a team, so I don't want to... Uh, got to make sure they get fed and I want to take care of them. So I don't know if I, I don't feel like I made it. Definitely not. But I do feel a lot more secure financially business perspective than I did the first couple of years. And, and it's been amazing to see your growth externally, but also through the conversations that we've had over the years of it's become really cool to have friends along the journey who are who know because they're also in the arena to help build things together. And, and on that note, when we think about when we talk about pursuing the dream, it, it sometimes is a very solo and lonely endeavor, mm. but there are many in our community, particularly who are building and going down these unventured paths together. The world of content's practically brand new. Mm. And so I know, you know, you've had conversations with our friends in the creator world about, you know, sharing notes about, hey, what are you charging? Is this fair? What kind of opportunities and opening doors for each other? How has that community and friendships that you've built both online and in person helped either, you know, uh, open doors for new paths to pursuing your dream or accelerate that? That's such a great point. I would not be here without that, without that community, without you, man. I mean, we were just saying we did a first podcast three years ago when we first started. So now it's three years later and we're doing another one. That has been huge for my community and for my business, even even your events, they always be creating events. I met Erica Cullenberg. She's huge on TikTok and Instagram. I met her in person at your last yep. event. She helped me 
up my rate so much more. And it was just because we had an open conversation about it. Yeah. Um, I'm part of this community of TikTok creators where we're very transparent about, hey, this is what I'm charging. This is who I'm working with. Maybe you, I can introduce you. And she hosted a free event. And she's like, hey, just come in. And I'll t she said, I'll teach you how to negotiate. At that time, she already had millions of followers. So I was like, yo, yeah. this is Erica. She's the real deal. Yeah. I'd love to learn from her. And yeah, she was just giving out all her tips. This is how you negotiate. This is what you should, this is what you should charge. And I was already going to a high because I just signed the biggest brand deal ever. Huh. And it was for $70,000 plus for multiple months, lots of videos. I was like, this is the most money I've ever seen as a content creator. This is huge. So I came in and I low-key kind of was like, wanted to brag a little bit. Like, hey guys, like I just got this 70K deal and they want dozens of videos and they want this. And Erica just said, yo, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. But you probably could have charged double. You probably could have charged uh. three, three X. <laughs> and that's when I realized, dude, there's just so much opportunity yeah. here. But it's because of people like that sharing. So I try to, I try to give back in my knowledge that I yeah. know. If you're a creator watching this, please double, triple your rate. DM me. We can have a chat Add about a zero. how it should be. <laughs> Add a zero and just press send. Yeah. Because you never know. You never know. The worst that can happen is they say, no, but would you consider? Right. It's very rare where they say, like, no, you're out. Boom. It's right. very rare for that to happen. And I think it's okay to even walk away from that sometimes. It's okay. Because you should not have to. And again, I think we all did free work, yes. discounted work, work for uh, exposure, which is the word we hate to say, yeah. you know, in this world, but we've all done it. But because we've done it, I feel like many of us are at a place where we can now charge what we feel like we are worth. Mm -hmm. And then that's okay. That's okay. And I think part of building our dreams is to prove to the next generation uh, that it is possible, but also to leave a playbook behind because those are things that perhaps we didn't get to experience from our parents, right? Because many of our parents... Um, came here and they didn't understand the system and they didn't have Facebook, Google, <laughs> WeChat groups, Talk groups. They didn't have even their own community of resources that we have now yeah. to ask fellow parents or ask the universe, like, how do you do stuff? Mm -hmm. And so they just wanted, like you said, they wanted stability for us. That meant getting to the best schools that you can get the mm -hmm. safest job that you can. And mm -hmm. that was all. Um, we're going to drive back to our hotel now and then um, continue the conversation sort of around, um, how do you then level up what you're doing, right? So you've moved away or you started in the traditional world. Yes. You have built something that is amazing for yourself, for your team. How do you then think about and define the amplification of that dream or sort of the growth of that dream to help other people? Because mm -hmm. your work actually is helping people find jobs. Yes. And for some succeeding in a traditional corporate world is their dream. It just wasn't for me and you and who's to say we're yes. not going to go back. Yes. But it's not about one is better or one is right. There are, and there were moments and even in our lives where getting that consulting job was a, such a huge validation yeah. for our academic and our professional growth. And so that's important, but how do you define and how do you see our community sort of evolving into the world of making the dream more accessible for everybody. Yeah, you, you, bring such a, you bring up such a great point. A lot of this time is talking about the content creation journey and my time as an entrepreneur, which has been awesome. But 99% of my clients, they want to have the corporate thing. Right. They want to have great full-time jobs that they 
love. And I think it's, it's that's a 100% a possibility of you to have a job, you work for a great company that you love, you work with a team that you like, you have a manager that respects you and gives you that work-life balance, but you also get paid what, you, right. what you're worth. A lot of people want that. And I think that's completely fine. I think that's completely fair. So I, I, I would say, like, the way that my business is focused, that is who I want to help. I want to help mid-level managers who have done something and have realized they're not happy, that they're unfulfilled. That's my main focus. That's my mission is I want to help as many people as I can find fulfillment in their careers. If they want to be content creators, sure, I'm happy to support you there too. But my bread and butter, my expertise is helping you figure out the job search, figuring out what you want for your career and then going all in on it. Um, I've, I took that leap of faith even before the entrepreneurship when I went from consulting to recruitment. That was, as I said, my parents said, why are you doing this? A lot of my friends who are in the industry were like, why are you doing this? You, you, recruiters, you don't even, some, sometimes you don't even need um, a degree to get into recruitment. You, you went to school and you did all these things. Uh, but that made me happy. Yeah. And that's what I want for people. Like, don't just chase the prestige. We already talked about that. But don't just chase the money as well. The money will come. Even recruitment, like what I was saying, I started off here, but if I stayed, the money would have come there too. Right. So uh, I understand money is important and we should want it, um, but I think the right path for you is the one that you actually like to do. That's number one. And number two, you see the long term in it. Like you, you, you see the potential in it. Because when you, when you stay in it long enough and you're good at what you do, opportunity is just going to come. That's what I'd say. So as you mentioned, we're uh, filming this at the end of 2022. Yeah. It's been an interesting year from an economic perspective. And it's been a time where many of our friends are going through transitions, both positive and negative, And we're seeing more of the negative stuff in the media, right? Layoffs and, you know, reorgs and stuff. Mm. What practical, and let's assume that they want to get another traditional corporate job. Yes. What type of advice do you have? And what's the best advice that you can share with them as we turn a new leaf into the new year and they begin and continue to pursue their American dream. Yes. What's the best traditional career advice that you can give today? Yes. My friends, you have to learn skills that are relevant right now. I've, I've been seeing that from a lot of clients who've been with their same role, same company, five, 10 plus years, and it's a good job and it's stable, but they didn't learn skills along the way. So if you have a great job right now, amazing, I'm happy for you, please also learn some new skills. If you're unemployed and looking for that new gig, Use the skills that you already built, but please learn some new skills. Mm. I think it's just, and the skills that I can just call out, data is hot, content is hot, marketing, how you market your stuff, um, SQL, Python. There's just so much resources out there too. And you, and best part, a lot of this is free. Mm. A, a lot of this you can find on YouTube. You can find on Coursera, free trial. So there's a lot of different ways to do this, but that's just the number one thing. Find a skill that you actually like and then invest your time into it. Invest your money later. Time first. If you really like it, then invest your money with it. One of the skills you mentioned that's hot and will be, regardless of what your day job is, is content. Yes. It's something that I have had to learn, that you've had to learn, <laughs> and, and you've mastered it because you are quite a big deal on TikTok, and your videos are not only entertaining, but they're engaging and informative. Thanks, man. What are your best content tips for somebody either getting started or wanting to take their content game to the next level? You got to start. That's number one. You just got to start. I was talking to a couple of creators 
yesterday at, our, at the ABC event, which, which was awesome. And they were saying, like, show, how do you do this style or how do you create so much content? It's just you got to start and you just got to find something that works for you. Um, I, I would say at the beginning, don't get anything crazy fancy. Don't mm. buy Adobe Photoshop at the very beginning. Um, huge shout out to Adobe. I know they they do great stuff, <laughs> but only use those tools when you've mastered the basics. And the basics is have your iPhone, hit record, know how to press stop when you have a good point, and then continue talking to the next mm. point. That that's what I started with. And that was two years ago, and that's what I still continue to do. I don't outsource my videos. I don't have a in house editing team. It's just me on the TikTok app. I, I think that's what ninety percent of people need. You just need an iPhone. And you just need to use an in-house app. You can get the fancy stuff later. Cameras, mic, all that stuff you can get later. I think it's a great point. I, I think we also live because of social media and, and the internet in general, where we're constantly comparing ourselves to different evolutionary chapters of other people's careers. Mm. Right? So they look at you and they don't yeah. realize that you've been doing this tactically <laughs> for, you know, three years. But yeah. it's been in your head and the advice yeah. actually comes from a decade or two of personal experiences. And it's easy to feel like that you're not enough. It's easy to feel like, well, I'm not doing that, right? We're driving around Santa Monica with the camera mounted on the top <laughs> of this car. But I've been doing this for three years, and this is only possible because of the relationships that we've built, Yeah. right? And so start wherever. And I think don't try to be the next something. Mm. You are uniquely carving your own space in a niche, not only content-wise, but contextually, mm. because they look at you. And there are people around the world that maybe that's their first time they see you mm -hmm. and that resonates with them. Mm -hmm. And so I've, you know, and I think content, I think sometimes gets confused with best content wins. Yes. I think the best content wins, but also who can, whoever can bring the best context wins at a different scale because the fact that we can speak to, like we talked about today, some of the additional challenges of having Asian parents mm -hmm. who value different things. That's a conversation that may be a little bit, not, different or it's just different not difficult but different to have with different friends from different cultures and so i'm excited we're at the end of the year um what's next for you and what's work what's next for work Hap as we turn the page into 2023 just the more more of what we're doing i think i think the more of what we're doing i, I the thing about me i love what i do and I, and i don't want to say that as a cliche dream job i don't believe in dream jobs but I really do wake up and like, yo, I get to help people with their careers and their job search. I love what I do. So I just want to continue doing that uh, at a bigger scale. So we're hiring. We're, we're doing some more group programs. We just launched a new course with LinkedIn Learning. So lots of awesome stuff. I'm doing things here with you, Jerry. Uh, meeting other creators, meeting the team. Um, and at one point to what Jerry was saying about getting started, there's so much room for everybody, yeah. team. So Jerry and I, we started working in the same career space and we we're helping each other on LinkedIn and we did a podcast together, not because we saw each other as competitors, because we're like, yo, I want you to win. Yeah. I want, I know he wants me to win. And the same goes for everybody watching or listening in. We want you to win. And there's a room for everybody to do that. hundred percent. There's 8 billion people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity. There's a need for everybody to share their story. And I'm excited. And, you know, uh, and I think we talked about prestige from a traditional perspective, but, you know, we'll end with getting invited by the very platform that we built our careers on to <laughs> film videos and have that stamp of approval. That's prestige for us in our own way. 
And, you know, sure, maybe your, your dad will joke about it with like getting free t-shirts, but that makes him so proud because it's that validation saying you are now being respected for what you're creating by the very platform that you post the stuff on. And so congratulations to you. Thank, Thank you, you for coming friend. all the way here. Um, I'm sure it's not the worst thing in the world to <laughs> spend a day with us in Santa Monica and a, on a December day. Really grateful for you, show. Best of luck. Yo, thank you, my and, man. And uh, thanks so for rolling around with us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Sherry. Thanks so much for the team. This is this is awesome. Shout out to Jay, Mario, and Patrick in the back seat, making sure that we're getting all the video and audio. And we're now back at the hotel. Cut. Thank you to Show Dewan for sharing his story of his Asian American dream. You can learn more about Show at WorkHap and at WorkHap.com. Also, thank you to Toyota for their partnership of the Asian American Dreamer series on this podcast. Head over to YouTube to watch the full video version of this episode and check out at the Asian Americans on Instagram to view short form video highlights. This has been your host, Jerry Wan, and the Asian Americans keep on dreaming. <laughs>